All right, guys, super quick, just want to interrupt and tell you guys about Anchor, okay? It's what we use to record the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. It's a free podcast-making tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast from your phone, from your computer, anywhere you want. It's literally 100% free, and it's everything you would possibly need to make a podcast. That's why we use it, okay? And when you record or you edit a podcast on Anchor, it distributes it for you on every platform you could possibly think of. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. It's 100% free. We use it. And it's just everything you would need to make a podcast in one spot. Okay. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you want to record one, you're thinking, oh, it's going to cost me too much. I don't know what to do. It's too complicated. Just use Anchor. Okay. Download the Anchor app right now, or just go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode number 14. Lot of action all over the world, all over the sporting universe. We got old quarterbacks returning. We got middle-aged quarterbacks changing destinations. We got superstars crashing motorcycles. And we finally settle the argument once and for all of more doors or more wheels. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Jared, great to be back. Jared is back, everybody. He is alive and well after having a great weekend uh, with some buddies. That's all. That's all. That's all the detail we'll give you guys. That's all you guys really need to know. But uh, yeah, no, we're back for episode fourteen. We have a lot to cover. While Jared was away, I'm sure he expected there to be some activity. But as a reference point, you know, let's just say. Jared was with his friends for the last weekend and he wasn't necessarily offline or off the grid, but if you were somebody that decided, Hey, you know, I'm going to go on a mountain retreat or I'm going to go on a four day adventure with my buddies. I'm going to go on a, you know, with my girlfriend up to the lake and put my phone away for four days. You'd have missed out on a lot of shit, a lot of shit. Uh, baseball is back. I mean, Tom Brady is back. Russell Wilson is on the Broncos. Fernando Tatis Jr.'s body is made of fucking ceramic glass. Um, there's a lot that's unfolded. But first of all, Jared, baseball's back. And I mean, that's good, right? It's good, of course. Baseball's back. Yeah, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up because, like, like we talked about, we're we're walking – we are walking right into the uh, the meat grinder of sports not being uh, around. And I don't really follow other sports like all that much that happened over the summer. So if there's no baseball, uh, basketball ends, hockey ends, football hasn't started yet. That could have been uh, that could have been a real, real bummer. And all we would have been hanging on to was like the NFL season or like college football. Like we would have been yeah, just like, oh, like. At least they're gonna play football, <laughs> you know. Like, but now we have baseball, and it's good. 
but it's not good, Jared, in a lot of ways. It's not good in the sense of the deal was officially signed. I believe it was on Thursday. Today is Monday the 14th. And it was signed, I believe, on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. And they said when this deal was signed, they're going to sign the deal. Then the league uh, is going to vote on it. The players voted yes. So then the owners have to vote on it. They voted yes. As soon as the owners ratify it, free agency's open. Everything's going to go crazy. Carlos Correa to the Yankees. Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. Chris Bryant to the Giants. Like, none of that's happened. There's been some big names and some signing, like a, a couple of signings, but most of the action that's gone on has just been like trades. Uh, there's been, like I said, there's been a handful, yeah. you know, like uh, I'm looking through just like my timeline on Twitter right now, like Joe Kelly to the White Sox, um, you know, oh, just Jesus. like, like, I mean, like that's actually <laughs> Right, like we were just talking about we yeah, just talking, talking about, about how badass bullpen. that bullpen already is. Yeah, jeez, I mean, that's a that's a good ad. Um, I mean the Matt the Matt Olson move was big time. Matt Olson it really... move was big time. Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez to the Twins is big time, right? I mean, there's some big moves, but and I don't mean oh, this. That, that's what that's what the Twins needed. Yeah, the, the Twins twi- just Twins needed a low average high home run guy because they yeah. haven't been fucking riding that train for the last five years. Yeah, so <laughs> so there's just been a lot of action with baseball where it's just kind of been like it's cool right it's cool but this is something that i mean that we talked about while the lockout was still going on but like today's also the first day of nfl free agency and i feel like there's been just as much like hype for the nfl and trades and free agency and players coming back and all this stuff same amount of hype for that that there has been for baseball which maybe that's normal maybe i'm just not remembering it like normal because it's been two years of kind of just weird sporting calendars and shit unfolding differently than it normally has yeah but the bottom line is like i feel like this is the time of year where baseball should be like dominating like dominating the schedule of course you got your march madness and we'll touch touch on some march madness as we come up here maybe make we probably won't have enough time to go through the full fucking bracket but well maybe we'll make our final four picks or something like that uh or our sleepers our our frauds whatever we'll get into that but Baseball has just been just still been very, very underwhelming, like very underwhelming. Uh, And maybe that'll change. I feel like one of the giant, the super giant free agency dominoes maybe has to fall. And then and then we'll go from there. But hopefully baseball picks it up a little bit. I mean, all signs are pointing to a guy like Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers. And that just sucks. You know, it's like Correa to the Yankees or like, I I don't it just it's kind of just same shit same yeah, exactly shit it's just exactly just another big free agent another big free agent going to one of the highest market teams yeah so they, yeah oh, oh you guys just need fucking five mvps yeah no seriously no 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 seriously five i think it's five like would they have yeah, that's that's what you need you need more mvps you want the the most valuable player in the league for the last fucking decade on your team because that makes it really fun and competitive it's yeah. well that's baseball but the cool thing about baseball is that's not like you could have a freak team and you could still lose. I mean, like, yeah, like we Dodgers had the, it last with year. The Rays. Like we're talking about with the Rays. Like the Rays don't have they got fucking G Man Choi. You know, like I, you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. Like they don't have they don't have anybody popping off the charts 
where you're like, I'm obsessed with like this guy's a top top yeah, five yeah. player in the league. No, definitely. And, and those guys, those guys can win 100 games a year. Oh, so. for sure. So that's all right. Yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. Um, baseball, you know. Okay, here's the other thing. You can't blame baseball or major league baseball. Like, it, it doesn't matter who signs where or what, I, unless it's like Mike Trout getting traded. None of the news coming out of baseball is going to trump Tom Brady returning to the NFL. Like nothing is going to top that. There's nothing you can do. Like, so as everybody I'm sure has heard by now, Tom Brady's back. He's coming back for his 23rd season in the NFL. He will be 63 years old in week one of the NFL season. We don't but we don't exaggerate. Things. Okay, yeah, you're so right. Let's be, let's be, let's 50, be honest about it. 55. He's, he's 50. He's, I think it's 58. 58. Okay, 58. He's 50, he's 50. 58. And looking to win his eighth Super Bowl. Because his seven Super Bowls and his, I think, what, three MVPs, 15 Pro Bowls, uh, career records in passing yards, touchdowns, completions. That's not enough for Tom Brady. He wants more. Dude, this this is one of the, this is one of the most fucking annoying things. It's so have. annoying. Dude, here's it's the thing. So Since annoying, Tom Brady so oh. obviously ultimate respect for a guy like Tom Brady. Like you like he's the fucking goat, you know? Like he's obviously proven he's the goat. But when you retired Everybody already fucking kind of agreed you had way too good of a season just to be calling it quits. And everyone was kind of shocked. And then you have, you know, these epic montages that come out the next day and these speeches. He's like, thank you. You know, like, you, thank you know, you, right Patriots. off into the sunset. Thank you. Yeah. yeah was right off into the sunset shit. And then when you fucking back up on that, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're the goat or not. It's, it's annoying as fuck to do. It is. I felt the same so way. Annoying. I remember when I was younger, too. Like, every year it was like, oh. Brett Favre, like, I know they're not this, like, I'm not comparing Brett Favre and Tom Brady. Like, I, we know Tom Brady's the best ever. I'm just saying on the same sort of retirement, unretirement scale, like, every year, Brett Favre's like, you know, I think this is it, man. I think I'm done. And then, like, three months later, he's like, all right, run it back. Let's do another one. It's like, you can't just, I know this doesn't, like, Tom Brady hasn't done this multiple times, but I agree. Like, people that retire and then unretire, it's like, I, I mean, I know, it. like you said, it was so... It was such a weird, we know he's old. And so on paper, you're like, dude, he's 44. He needs to retire, but he doesn't need to retire. Nobody was saying like, he's playing like shit. It was different with like Ben Roethlisberger. People watched Ben Roethlisberger this year. And they were like, dude, get this guy off of the NFL. Like any field he's on, get him out as soon as possible. This guy gets hit one more time hard by a blindside hit. Like an un, an unblocked linebacker blitzing, he's gonna explode. Like his body will explode on the field. And with Tom Brady, it's like you see his screen, his, his headshot, or you see his like celebrating with his teammates. You're like, how old is this guy? Like 33, 34, maybe. Like he looks younger now in some of his headshots than he did his rookie year Dude, in New England. So I he, get that he, he shouldn't have retired. He was coming off a great year, but it's like, why even say it? This the the difference between the two though is like Tom Brady eats nothing but like blended avocado and cranberry puree extract <laughs> with ground turkey in it and coconut oil and fucking ben roethlisberger eats fucking <laughs> do, do, dominoes 
two large pies in a small mini keg of, yeah. of Christmas, Breckenridge Christmas ale. And it's like, hey, don't be drinking Christmas ale, dude. It's uh, it's February. Yeah. He's like, well, that was left over. It's just three months expired, too. But he's like, ah, yeah. just found it in the fridge. You're like, Is that even cold? <laughs> no, no, it was actually... It's actually in my car. Is it? Yeah, so it's kind of cold because it's a little bit chilly out. You're like, that, yeah, that, it's disgusting. It's, it's lukewarm. It's drinkable. Yeah, it'll drink. That's, that's, a, that's what type of that's what type of guy Big Ben is. Big Ben's the type of guy that fucking picks up a picks up a wounded soldier and knocks it down. And someone yeah. goes, "Oh my god, <laughs> is that already open?" He goes, "It'll drink." Yeah, it's alcohol, it'll, right? It'll drink. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel. I mean, yeah, big yeah, Big Ben's doing that. Tom Brady's in the in the. Uh, the hyperbolic cryo chamber in his house. Like yeah. le- he's like levitating with his eyes closed and you just hear yeah. like the sounds like a, sounds like a movie, a scene from like a, a alien, which is oh, Tom Brady's vibrating him yeah. with yeah. crystals in the bottom yeah. of it. Yeah. And Brady's just saying three IVs. Three IVs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One in the temple and fucking two in the jugular. And he's fully submerged underwater by the way, but he's breathing somehow. Yeah. He's <laughs> his eyes are rolled back. No, but seriously, no, he's, no, he, he he's got a lotus flower that's just sticking out. And that's yeah. how he's breathing. Yeah. It's over his nose. Yep. Yeah. So so obviously we we kid and joke, but everybody knows that about Tom Brady. So like you said, Jared, when he retired, there was obvious like both sides. He retired, and I was thinking I had I saw both sides. One side I said, okay, well he's forty four. He's been doing this for twenty three years. He's getting older. His wife probably doesn't want him to play football anymore. He's got kids. You know, he wants to move on with his life. Okay, totally makes sense. I get it. But of course, on the flip side, like we all said, uh, Tom, you this last season, you averaged the longest, uh, I think whatever the, whatever the statistic is about his pass attempts this year was like the average most yards per attempt in any year of his career. Mm-hmm. So he clearly still had the arm strength, the wherewithal. They obviously got to the playoffs. Not to say that the, the NFC South is necessarily the most competitive division, but nevertheless, he went 12 and six or whatever it was, 12 and five. So it made sense, both sides, where you're like, if he comes back, I get it. If he doesn't come back, I get it. And then he says, I'm retired. Adam Schefter's like, Tom Brady's expected to announce his retirement. The Bucks say, thank you, Tom. The Patriots say, thank you, Tom. Tom says, thank you, Bucks. Thank you, Patriots. Everyone's fucking... And people were joking about the memes, right? Where they're like, OMG, Brady, Brady spent two months with his wife and kids and said, fuck that. I need to play football. <laughs> like, right. And it's like, it's funny. Like I get it, but that's not, I mean, that's, that, that's maybe some to do with it, but mostly I think Tom Brady is, he goes about his business differently, but I think he's so similar to guys like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. Of course, comparing them, they're all like arguably the greatest of their sport or their generation. But I think Brady is, is a guy is like those guys in that he is so hyper competitive. Like he wants to win no matter what always. And I think he felt like this season ended in a situation where he gave it everything he had, but didn't necessarily play his best, especially down the stretch or in that last game against the Rams 
And it just left him with that taste in his mouth where he goes down the field. He, he scores a game tying touchdown to OJ Howard or, or whatever the case was not OJ Howard, Mike Evans, I think whatever. And then the Rams get the ball back and they get like Matt Stafford throws like two passes to Cooper cup. And they're just in field goal range, like, like a 12 yard out. And then like a 60 yard bomb. And I felt like Brady kind of saw that unfold and was thinking, you know, like we lost, it happens. And I feel like he got kind of pressured into retirement. I feel like he didn't want to retire. He was just, they were just like, you're old, dude, you're done. You lost. It is what it is. If he would have won the Super Bowl, Jared, he'd retire. That's that's what it, I it he'd retire. It would have been perfect. I I feel like I feel like it's a really bad way for him. It it was kind of a bad way for him to go out. You have like the, you're such a legend, you know, and and you decide to play that next year, and then you go and you lose in the playoffs. It's like it's also it's just almost such feels a... like it can't it can't be his legacy. Like yes. he almost I feel it feels like he has to end on another Super Bowl win. Yes, to really just like solidify the fact that like well it's not it doesn't even need to be solidified but it's just like the constant story of what he is he's always just pulls it out and he and he he always succeeds so for him to end on a loss to go out of this majestic career on a loss is just it wasn't it in in the first place so i think there was a lot of people that were just surprised i agree um and it wasn't like it wasn't didn't it get like falsely reported and then it was like a week later it got reported again. Yeah, like was, Schefter. Like yeah, like Schefter said, you know, he's retiring, and then like a and like a bunch of reports like right after that came out where Brady's like, I haven't decided yet. And then it's like, and then he decided, and then he decided he was going to retire. It's like he also just had so much time to like think about it. I just don't know why. Yeah. It was just weird, kind of how it unfolded. It it almost feels like he should have just pulled the trigger and retired the year before after they won the Super Bowl. Like you yeah. know what I mean? I almost feel bad for him now. What? Because what? <laughs> I would hate to see that he like tries. He just tries to rumble on until he's fucking fifty two to try to, to win another, one more. Yeah, and he and he and then he finally the age finally catches up with him because there's only so many fucking cranberries you can eat, you know, to keep right. that arms strong so it's like the age finally catches up with him and then then you have to watch him go out on a performance decline you would hate to see that happen to tom brady for sure like if you're gonna win one this like next year just go like go and win it or like you know it it's uh it sucks because he's literally at that age right now where like every year going by is you're like like, oh geez he's playing another one so yeah yeah no i i agree i just i think it would be a little bit different or it would be uh people would be more hesitant for him if he didn't just come off of another just unbelievable year and he didn't look like yeah. he was 28 years old. I mean, like, like I said, yeah, he had a great year. Didn't he? He led the league in almost everything again. Yeah. So. And so, like I said, if he was like big Ben, who was just hobbling around with the extra large shoulder pads, the flak jacket, the fucking, you know, double gloved, like just big Ben, like anybody could have watched any game he played this year and said, hang it up, Ben, you're done. You are so beyond done. You're hanging on by a thread. Maybe you're okay in the first three weeks of this season, but at the end of the day, you probably just shouldn't have come back at all with Brady. That's never, there's never been one moment in his career. Where people are like, you know, maybe he's declining a little bit. He just has not declined at all. No. So no, it just doesn't make sense that he retired in the first place. And I mean, now he's back. So I guess it just, 
I kind of just want to act like it just never happened. Like I just want to like yeah. he didn't retire. Okay. I, I, like, well, that's that's the issue with the guy like not retiring. It's not like like you if everyone's calling you the goat and you're gonna make all these montages, everyone's gonna remember you retiring. It's not like you can just fucking sneak around it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like everyone was like, you know, I'm sure Patriots fans are crying, whatever. But. Yeah, whatever. I don't care about the Patriots I'm, fans, but yeah, fuck them. <laughs> uh In other news, quarterbacks, Jared, <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson is coming to the Denver Broncos. Young Let's Russ. Go. Let's go. You know what? I like this one. I like it. I, I always wanted, you know, I wanted Rodgers. Rodgers coming up back-to-back MVPs. But like, but yeah, of course. But, but at the same time, Russ is six years younger. Dude, I had thought there was no chance Russell Wilson was going to go anywhere but the Seahawks. No chance. He was never complaining about it. He has had a lot of success. They're rebuilding, right? So it might have been a little bit frustrating for him to be on a team that's not competing. But Rodgers was openly just thrashing the Packers. Management... Before they got Matt LaFleur, he was just thrashing their head coaches. Devontae Adams, free agent. It sounds like Devontae Adams is kind of having a little spout with them, too, because they franchise tagged him, and then Devontae Adams said, I am not going to play under a franchise tag, so either give me a long-term deal or let me fuck off and go somewhere else. So with all that, all those factors in, I was like, Devonta Adams doesn't love it in Green Bay. Rodgers doesn't love it in Green Bay. It's fucking cold. He's been there his whole career. It's just like Brady. He wants to change his scenery. Denver's a perfect spot. And then he goes back to Green Bay, and I was like, okay. I mean, I guess he's going back to Green Bay. I guess the Broncos are going to roll with Drew Locke this year. And that's that. But not so fast. I I just had no idea. I I really didn't expect it. No, dude, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a surprise. I remember, you want to know it's really funny, was Hunter, so my roommate, so my roommate said, Russ is coming to Denver. I was like, oh, I love Russ. Where, where's he playing, Red Rocks? <laughs> like, oh, Russ, the artist. Like, the artist. Like, like, he is, he's coming to really, I, I listen to Russ all the time. So I literally thought, I literally thought when he said Russ is coming to Denver, I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I knew that he's coming this summer. At Red Rocks. Let's go see him. But, like, it wasn't really on my mind that Russell Wilson was, like, it's, like, Dude. if you said Rod, if there's a guy named Rodgers, you said Rodgers would come to Denver, like, obviously, I put together the quarterback, but, yep. like, I didn't have, I didn't think there was any idea. And then I got fired up because Russ got a fucking bad rap, and, like, a, like he's there's a lot of recency bias about Russell Wilson right now. Where people are like, well, he wasn't that good. I'm like, dude, the motherfucker had a, his finger at a right angle. And then like came back like two weeks later and then <laughs> like and two playing weeks. in cold weather and, yeah. and couldn't throw the ball on target. And he has an offensive line made out of fucking paper mache. Seriously. And like in, in, in a defense that fucking, you know, giving up 40 a game. off the field. Yeah. You know, and people are like, well, dude, Russell Wilson ain't it. Like people were saying what you said about Brady earlier, where like, oh, he's he's starting to decline. It's like, dude, he's 33. He's throwing a ball with a hand that had surgery on it. It probably hurts like a motherfucker. Everything. It's not it's not like and just it, his it, hand, it, Jared. It's a top knuckle on his middle finger. 
Like, do you know how oh, bad dude. you need that You're that knuckle? You're ripping the football like this. Do you need how? Like do you know that, how bad? That's it. And he's obviously such a competitor and such a gangster that he was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm good." And they're like, "Russ, the re- <laughs> the return time for this injury is six to eight weeks. You are in week three. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Let's go. I'll play." And obviously, even Russell Wilson with a fucked up finger is better than Geno Smith. So they were like, "Okay, I guess he's good." And yeah, he probably rushed himself back into it. But guess what, Jared? That's a guy you want on your team. Dude, his stat and his stat lines, like, like even last year, when I looked this, I looked it up to see, like, yeah, it was a pretty bad year. Rest through for 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions last year. In this year that we're saying that he's dog shit, he's lost it. He played, he obviously missed a little bit of time with the finger and stuff. So that's why his yardage and like, like the yardage isn't crazy high. Sure. Like 3,100 still not like, it's really not that bad, but 25 and six. Then he went 42 the year before, 40 touchdowns and 13 picks. That's his probably his best overall year as a pro. Yeah, he threw 13 picks, but he threw 40 touchdowns, which is five higher than his highest. And it, that was the most yards he ever threw for. So he's two years removed, or really just one full year removed from his best season as a pro. And we get him at 33 years old with a fucking team that has a chance to compete because we have a really good defense. We have, we have good weapons. Uh, I was kind of sad to see Noah Fant go because I always wanted Noah Fant to be so good. But I think Noah Fant has got he. If anybody got shaft, like besides, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to dig on the Seahawks or the fans here. Besides the Seahawks, <laughs> the person that got shafted the most in this deal is Noah Fant because yeah. I still think he has a lot of potential. Yeah, he underperformed while he was on the Broncos, but there's a reason why he was a first-round pick because he's a great receiving tight end. He could block, but in as is the case for most players that receive the football in the NFL, whether it's tight end or receiver or re- running backs in a lot of cases, like Le'Veon Bell was nothing without Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger would hand the ball to him and then check it down to him, and that made him really valuable. Alvin Kamara, really valuable because he receives the ball. Christian McCaffrey receives Mm -hmm. the ball. My point is, Noah Fant would be better if he didn't have Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the football or Drew Locke throwing him the football. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's another little little tidbit I want to drop. It's like Russell Wilson has never had a season with – as many interceptions as Drew Locke had in his one as a Broncos starter. Correct. He has th- had three less in a full 16-game season at that point. Yeah, 16 games. But he threw, in 13 games started, Drew Locke threw 15 interceptions or 16 interceptions or whatever it was. I think I can look it up. I don't know. But look it up. In 2020? Anyway, uh, yeah, in his first year, he, yeah, he threw 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. So it's basically one-to-one, you know, a one, almost a one-to-one ratio. Russell Wilson, most, most he's ever thrown in a season was the year that he threw for 40. And he had 11. He's been sub. Yeah, he had 13. 13. He threw for 40. So that's almost four, almost four to one. Yeah. And then you know, look at it. Other times, he's only gone over 10 interceptions three other times in his career. Everything else is sub 10. That's that's a ridiculous performance. So I would live with 20. You know. And not that he does. I'm just saying, let's say he comes over or Drew Locke or anybody. Like, I'm the, guy, I'm the type of guy. I'll, I'll live with the quarterback who throws 20, 25 interceptions. Like, that's a fuckload of interceptions. But if you throw 45 or 50 touchdowns, or 40 touchdowns yeah. like yeah you're slinging the rock yeah it's just you're a slinger right of course you want to avoid interceptions but dude i'll take a 40 and 15 season in denver 
any day of the week. And also, it's not going to be 40 and 15. It's going to be better than that. It's going to be less interceptions. Maybe he won't throw for 40. But, dude, okay, so here's a— He could, though, but he could. That's what I was going to say. So here's another thing. Here's another thing. People are talking about Russ and his decline. Okay, yes, you're right. The offensive line was bad. But what I will say, he had DK Metcalf. He had Tyler Lockett. He had a lot of guys that were good weapons, right? Really good weapons in Seattle. Those two guys by themselves, DK and Tyler Lockett, maybe arguably the best one-two receiving combo in the NFL, right? Top five, for sure. But he's coming to a spot where he's got Tim Patrick, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Albert O. Albert Oguwebanam, I believe is how you pronounce it fully, star receiving tight end. And he also, Jared, hasn't had a running back. Like, Rashad Penny was good in Seattle, right? Good running back, solid kid. Chris, Car- Chris, Car- Chris Carson. Chris Carson, but Chris Carson played four games a year for the last four years. Yeah, it just, like, yeah he's all, all, always hurt. I think he hasn't had this, like, plethora of young weapons at, almost at any point in his career. Javante Williams as a running back for the Broncos is going to be a superstar this year. Yeah. Complimentary yeah, so because think, of Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to see you're going to see him he'll be like a I think what you're going to see is you know the years that 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 guys do this where they go okay, they were a rookie, they started getting their touches. Now this year they'll, he'll be a top 20 fantasy pick probably. And then Next year he'll be like one of those guys, like Camara. Yeah, yeah. Where you're talking about like, well, where are you gonna take him? Oh, I got the fourth pick. I might take that Javante Williams. Yeah, I think I think that's where his his trajectory is going. Hundred percent. Because he he's fucking unreal to watch, dude. He had the most yards after contact of any running back in the NFL, and he was splitting carries with Melvin Gordon. Like that is insane. The guy just he's a bowling dude. Javante Williams' center of gravity is in his ankles. There's no other way to fucking describe how he stays upright did he he's had runs where he has carried people so my point is if you just want to do a strictly a quarterback comparison russell wilson with a running back who was a bowling ball who's the last guy he had that was a true bowling ball marshawn lynch how did he do with marshawn lynch two super bowls and three super bowl appearances should have handed it and hey thank god now that russell wilson is in this situation because if we get we we're Broncos fans. Let's just, for the sake of the podcast, if the Broncos get to the Super Bowl and they have first and goal from the four-yard line in a situation where a touchdown wins the game, it's not going to be a spot where, because the rumors were about uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle, is him and Pete Carroll were kind of back behind the scenes, maybe having a few disagreements, nothing like, like nothing demonstrative nothing like on the sideline blowing up just disagreements about strategy and play calling and in that situation i'm sure russ is like i'll throw the ball but Pete carroll's probably like yeah let's run a slant let's do this and throw a pick now in denver he's with a young coach nathaniel hackett a young team and they call a play like that russ is gonna go uh no we're not doing that i'm i'm a 33 year old two-time super bowl champion veteran these guys don't know any better is a first year, second year head coach. Whenever if they get to the Super Bowl, we're going to run the ball, and I think that we've all talked about it. But that's the piece the Broncos needed was that veteran quarterback leadership, and they got it. 
Yeah. No, I, I did. I love this. It feels like it's, it's, it's awesome because it was like, like we talked about, like we got Peyton, we had this great five years of Peyton, then seven years of just absolute dog shit, 4,000 starting quarterbacks that none of them really performed ever. You know, they might've had like, like the fact that I can reference Trevor Simeon as like having some of the best games over the last seven years as a, as a Broncos starting quarterback horrible. is, is horrible. It's disgusting. Not to say that I don't mean to shit on him, dude. They're professional athletes. They're premier athletes, and I and I don't I don't like when I fucking when I when I absolutely shit on one of them about their performance because like, dude, they they succeeded. They made it up to this level, and and they were able yeah. to have some sort of success. Right. But, but it's like as a fan, when you're talking about Russell Wilson, you know, a, a Peyton Manning or a Russell Wilson, these are like you know, these are ten year gap like main quarterbacks in the league, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe 20 year gap, you know, cause quarterbacks obviously that end up being stars last forever. So it's like, we we're getting this guy. I think he was a rookie in 2012, 10 years deep into his career. He's probably going to be, he doesn't run the ball nearly as much as he used to. He's probably going to be, but he can a six, a, a 16 to 17 year pro though, you know, anywhere from 15 to 18, he's that type of quarterback. He, he like, he's, he still had the success. He's only 33. Say he retires at 40. That means the Broncos always have a decade of good football ahead of us. Yeah, it's that. great. No, and he's going to love Denver. I mean, it's crazy to me how an entire team, whether like the fan base and the players and everything, like, can just be completely rejuvenated with the acquisition of one player. One player. Yeah. Yep. One because guy, I, I know quarterback is the most impactful position in, in all sports, individual position, as far as team sports go, because you could add one guy in the NBA, and that could be a huge addition, but that's not going to, one player in an NBA team is not, but a quarterback, adding one guy like that just completely changes the outlook for the Broncos. We're talking about, like, how many Super Bowls could Russell Wilson win now? Two? Three? Yeah. That's optimistic, yeah, optimistic thinking. Yeah, it's it doesn't help that we're in such a fucking tough division. That's, that's one thing that doesn't help. It, it does. It like, that's it, pretty wild to think that Derek Carr is like the worst quarterback far, in the division, by, by far the worst quarterback. In the, in, in, he's a, he's a, not a bad quarterback. It's a great quarterback. But he's, by far the, he's by the far the worst in the AFC West. The AFC West is a really good division. Now it is that made the division, the main division really, really good. Mahomes, fucked. Dude, you have Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr as the starting quarterbacks. Like, name a division that doesn't have really one like glaring, like weak spot at quarterback. I guarantee you could find one in every every division you go to in the NFL. And also, listen, I'm not saying this is the case, but let's just let's just go based off of last season. Okay, find me another place or another division, like you said, where Russell Wilson gets traded to a team and becomes arguably the third best quarterback in that division. Like, I think yeah, he's no, better than Herbert, but, but, but like, like, is Herbert he? Had a, Herbert had a freak year and like, and Russ obviously has like the, like, you know, the longevity in the career with like the actual accolades that he's kind of racked up. You know, he's won a, he's won, you know, two Super Bowls. He went two? Uh, two yes. Right? Yes. Beat yeah. the shit out of so the Broncos, the and then yeah, they beat, they murdered the Broncos. They won another one. He was oh, young. He was like or, really young. He did, definitely did has two. It, no, he definitely has two. Who did they beat the other time? It was like the Steelers or something. 
Russell Wilson, uh, Super Bowls. Back to back Super Bowl appearances. Now he, I think he, he won one, one loss. I think he's, he has one. I think he's one and one. I think he lost. It was the year that he should have too. So that's probably why it feels like that because he threw. They threw the pick. Oh, you're right. That guy a bunch of money. Yeah, you're right. I guess he's got one. Yeah, okay. He's been, but he's been to two. I think he's been to two. Yeah, yeah. He's been to two. He lost to the Patriots, but they they shouldn't have lost that game. Correct. But anyway, whatever. Um, NFL's rigged, and they wanted Tom Brady to win. Yes. Uh, whatever. Yep. I'll talk about it. Let's not even get into it. Hey, we've already established that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, you're right. So like Russell Wilson is probably actually, but probably is the third best quarterback in, in right this. now. Right like, now, and that right, could change right, after this season, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah, you could have Herbert jump up to the top Dude, and Mahomes, and Mahomes have a digression. Mahomes, you Mahomes is going to lose. Go back to suit. He's going to lose Tyreek or Travis Kelsey. He's going to lose one of those guys, probably more so Tyreek than than Kelsey. He might not be as effective. Chiefs can't play defense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, dude. I I, I just I, you can't find a division that's going to be as good. You could realistically yeah, no, have you, you could have four you teams. Have... You could have a, t- a team like the Raiders who went nine and eight. Yeah, they had a lot of a lot of adversity. They had a lot of different things not go their way, but they could go from a team that went nine and eight and made the playoffs to due to no fault of their own instead of beating the Broncos twice beating the Chargers once I think they might have beat the Chiefs once too like they could go 0 and 6 in the AFC West they should go 0 and 6 and that would put that would put the Raiders I mean the Raiders could go 6 and 11 this year really and and they're not that bad of a team they might be one of the biggest drops just because Russell Wilson came to the Broncos. I mean, it's just crazy. And it just rejuvenates the whole Broncos defense. It rejuvenates. It puts a lot more pressure yeah. on the rest of the co- the rest at, of the league. Go look out. Yeah, go look at, like, just if you pull out the divisions, you can just start going right through them. You can just start going right through. Oh, I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even realize that the it's now the Washington Commanders. They just they got sick of the football team. Yeah, they're the Commanders, yeah. And they got Carson Wentz, yeah, by the way. So, oh yeah, exactly. So you have, you have Carson Wentz. You got Jalen. Like I'm looking at NFC East. Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones yeah. Obviously, we love Dak. We've we've thought uh, we think Dak is really good. You got Stafford, Kyler, Jimmy G, or well Trey Lance now, right? He's supposed to start. And then the Seahawks. Now Seahawks, Seahawks now have Drew Locke. So or Geno Smith. Yeah. Or yeah, or Geno Smith. You got the Packers, where you got Rogers and and Cousins. Get the Bears with who the um Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields or or Andy Dalton. Who knows? Lions with Jared Goff. Bucks got Tom back. Saints. Uh, who's supposed to start for them this year? I don't know. Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. Jameis. Yeah. Falcons. If is Matt Ryan still there? Panthers. Sam Darnold. Like. Um, yeah. There's just huge quarterback drop offs in all those divisions. Yeah, Bengals, Steelers. Steelers have Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky. Now. That, was, <laughs> yeah. that was the signing. Yeah, B- Baker Mayfield, and then Lamar, who people still are really high on Lamar, and obviously Lamar's an explosive football player, but that was not an impressive season he had last year. But you're talking about former MVP. It's hard to fucking start a rag on the guy too hard, and I, I and I love Lamar too. Yeah. So. Um, the Titans. You got Tannehill. Garbage. Colts. Who's who's starting for the Colts now? I don't know. I don't know. Draft guy? Yeah. Maybe. So who knows? Texans. It's not Deshaun that Watson. Was, it was whoever, yeah, it was whoever that it was whoever that holdover was last year. Davis Mills. 
Yeah, Mills, he played decent, but it's like, come on. Yeah. We're talking Derek Carr's Davis Mills as worst. Yeah. And then you have Jags with Trevor Lawrence, where it's like, I'm gonna give Trevor Lawrence another year before I start talking shit about him. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I just yeah. No, it's it's an unbelievable division. I mean, it's it's just like ridiculous. The level of play, the uh the level of play in that division is is just fucking crazy. But it's exciting. It's exciting to see Russell Wilson. It's exciting to see the competitiveness back in the AFC West because previously it was just like Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. Then it was like maybe Chiefs, Chargers, but mostly still Chiefs. Now it's fucking anybody's game. And the intimidation factor from the Broncos alone might be enough for the Chiefs maybe to drop off. And like we just mentioned, I talked about Mahomes. He's going to lose Kelsey or Tyreek Hill. Probably Hill. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But... We mentioned baseball. We talked about baseball. And we've established before that I personally am a Padres fan. And baseball's underway. There's been some big trades like we talked about. Matt Olson got traded to the Atlanta Braves from the Oakland A's. That opens up Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, possibly. And you're thinking as a Padres fan, you're thinking in baseball in general, maybe Freeman goes to the Yankees, or it's Carlos Correa going to go. Where is all these guys going to end up? And you find out today, wake up to some news that Fernando Tatis Jr. has a broken wrist. What the fuck? I mean, and and again, uh, it wasn't, you know, I saw, I saw a tweet today, Jared, and people that follow baseball or know baseball, a Padres fan tweeted this out and it was just two pictures, picture of Tatis and a picture of another player. And it said, same energy. That's what it said. Same energy. And it was Fernando Tatis Jr. And the next picture was Troy Tulowitzki. And I thought, what a great comparison. I mean, overall, if you take both guys at the beginning of their careers or whatever, like I'll take Tatis over Tulowitzki. But now, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And it's, no, it's, it's like, more frustrating because luckily... Tatis has got, so he got hurt. <laughs> he hurt his shoulder last year, his left shoulder playing baseball. He was diving, oh, hyperextended it or whatever, uh, subluxation of his shoulder, which means you dislocated it. And then it's more, more likely to come out. And it did throughout the year. But another blow to the game of baseball, right? Last year it was Fernando. I mean, it was uh, Ronald Acuna tearing his ACL. That's a huge blow to the game of baseball because he's so exciting, yeah. so dynamic, so explosive. Same with Tatis, dynamic, explosive, high energy guy, huge producer. Broke his uh, broke his wrist. The word on Tatis is that he's going to be out three months. And, you know, the guy is, he, the way I've described him to people that don't know him that well, or my friends or anything with his shoulder and stuff, he would come back from shoulder injuries last year and he would just like come back from the DL and, or the IL, and he would just hit two home runs. And you're like, this guy is a, the way I described him to people, Jared, I called him a lizard. That's the, what I, that's what I call him because 
he's like a reptile. He's slippery, quick moving, twitchy, and then just explosive. And it doesn't matter. You could cut off a lizard's tail and the thing will just fucking scamper away. Like so hard to grab onto. And he's a freak. He heals double the speed, apparently, of everybody else. So, fuck. I mean, who knows? He'll get surgery, and maybe he's just hitting 400-foot bombs in batting practice in three, in two weeks. Like, you don't know. The guy's a fucking yeah. freak. But the bottom line is, Fernando Tatis right now, at age 23, with a $340 million extension, is injury-prone. He is injury-prone. Yeah. He is an injury-prone yeah. injury shortstop. And it's not good because they threw him in the outfield last year and people were like, what? You can't do that. He's explosive. He's a shortstop. He's a great athlete. He might have to play center field for the rest of his career or right field because the guy is made of fucking glass. And it's a damn shame. It's a shame for the whole sport, not just for the Padres, for the whole sport. And it sucks. Yeah. uh, is uh, it is kind of it is kind of similar, but you have. I mean, damn! Like, actually, if you really look at it, very very similar numbers. Like, in terms of like when they first came up, like it looks like Tatis's first year with the with the Padres, he hit hit three set three seventeen with twenty two jacks, fifty three RBIs. You go back over and you look at Tulo; he's probably a little bit older when he came up. Um, he's thirty seven now. He came up in two thousand six, so he was what. Um, well, I guess that's 16 years ago. I guess it was probably a really similar age. Yeah. About 21. And the other thing with Tatis too, I mean, you guys, we, we all know it and I say he's injury prone. So his rookie year, he gets called up, excited for him, takes a big swing in like August and like herniated disc or like breaks a vertebrae in his back out for the year. Okay. 100 games, young guy, Padres aren't quite in that winning window. It is what it is. 2020, first season, he played a full year. But it's not a full year, Jared. It's two months. He played 60 games. Okay. That doesn't do anything for me. And COVID didn't, the COVID year just didn't count anyways. It's bullshit. 2021 comes around last year. Fucking shoulders fucked. Okay. Comes back, makes his debut. You know, he plays four games of the first part of the season shoulders fucked okay he's done comes back two weeks later hits a bunch of home runs. like yes he's explosive when he's on the field but now his left shoulder's fucked he hasn't got surgery which was not recommended but it's a possible it's a possible uh solution to the shoulder subluxation that he suffered surgical repair to hopefully limit the injury if not make it better it's kind of one of those 50 50 surgeries where it's like it could help it could not do anything but it's not going to hurt doesn't get surgery okay fine he's coming back this year that's in the back of everybody's mind everybody's thinking you know he he's got the shoulder it is what it is but jared he hurt his wrist in december he didn't hurt his wrist playing baseball he crashed he crashed a dirt bike in the dominican republic and like I said before, he's a lizard, so he probably broke his wrist. But he's a freak, yeah. and he got up from the injury and was like, oh, man, my wrist hurts, and my elbow's scraped, and my fucking knee's busted, but I'm fine because I'm a lizard, and my scabs are already healing themselves as I'm getting up from the... Like, he's a freak. 
he didn't know his shit was fucking broken. And he probably started working out again. He re-aggravated it, took some time off, worked out again, probably felt good enough to take swings. But then he shows up to camp and it's time to start putting in work. And he showed up yesterday, a video of him walking into the Padres facility and he looked fine. He looked in good spirits. And then today the news breaks that he breaks his wrist. This isn't about, cause we're not just a baseball show with phenomenal fan. We'll, we'll get into that with our other show, but if you sign a contract like he did and you are crashing dirt bikes or like Madison Bumgarner, another example, guys riding four wheelers in the desert and fucking flips it and dislocates his shoulder or, or like Aaron Boone. It was another one where it's kind of a freak accident, but like he was playing basketball and like tore his ACL when he was lined up to be the starting third baseman for the New York Yankees in 2004. And then it ends up leading to a rod getting traded and blah, blah, blah. I know that freak stuff happens, right? Boone, maybe not so much, but like guys doing dumb shit off the field will always just blow my fucking brains out of my head because it's like, dude, just risk reward assessment. It's so easy when you, when you fucking punch the throttle or you fire up that motorcycle or you fire up that four wheeler. If you're mad bum, what is the, what is the best possible scenario in all this the best possible scenario you rip that thing across the desert or you're riding that fucking dirt bike through the dominican streets at 60 miles an hour best case scenario nothing happens and you're fine you make it out and you go play okay that's great that's the same outcome you'd have if you just didn't get on the fucking motorcycle you wouldn't get hurt the risk of not getting on a motorcycle is there is no risk you're not going to get hurt Whereas the risk of getting on and hitting a fucking pothole or a patch of dirt or a puddle and spinning out, dude, could literally end your career, end your career in that moment. And yes, you can say the same thing about getting behind the wheel of a car or going down a flight of stairs or in Aaron Boone's case, playing basketball, right? Yes, freak stuff happens all the time. It happens while they're playing baseball. Guys slide headfirst into a base break their fucking wrist or break their fingers shit happens i get it but when it's a non-baseball injury and it's like man it's it's also the same thing like it's it's a hard comparison to make but it's similar to like jose fernandez like rest in peace man guy would have had an unbelievable career but take a step back and think about what could happen versus just sitting at home just like turn on netflix dude or just like go dancing at the club or like, I mean, just for fuck's sake, man, it's so infuriating when it is all these situations, especially in the most extreme cases like Jose Fernandez rest in peace, but it's so infuriating and such a, it's, it's such a bigger hit on like your heart or your, your mojo or your confidence when it's so avoidable. It is so easily avoidable. Like when they slide into the bases, you're like, you know what, man, he's going hard. He's making a play. It happens. Yeah. He could have, I don't know, worn a wrist, you know, an oven mitt. Right. And not broken his fingers. Like, but that shit just happens. But when it's so, so avoidable, it is a million times more frustrating. And that's why I'm sitting here fucking venting about it. But at the end of the day, everybody feels the same way. And all the reaction on Twitter from everybody, non Padres fans and everyone's like, dude damn it yeah. man 
fuck well, when you have it yeah because well, when especially when like and when they're young too fernanda's yeah, so young have... of course it's not the same i'm not saying it's the same but when you're young and you have so much potential and you're not just in your prime you're like at the absolute peak of your physical performance at 23 years old dude like what are you doing man it's so bad it's so frustrating yeah because yeah, like, like you said it could have been worse too and it's like like what are you giving like what do you do you you have you have beyond generational wealth that you just created right like you just made you're making 300 million dollars you owe it to the organization to not be fucking around when they're investing that much money in you and then you owe it to the fans too but i mean that's that's more for uh you know for fernando for a guy like um uh fernandez jose fernandez yeah yeah jose fernandez sorry i drew a blank because i said fernando but like for a guy like jose fernandez what sucks about him is he he was he never even got that big contract yet i don't think so he was so close to setting himself up to live this beautiful life and then he goes and fucks around and you're like you like obviously it's really tough to try to tell one of those guys not to not to go live their lives but like like you said when you look at the cost cost reward it's like, um, yeah, you got to transport and cruise around and have a little bit of fun for 15, 20 minutes as you try to go to a destination. But like, you also may have, you know, fucked yourself and fucked your franchise for a little bit. I don't know. And it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely very, very frustrating to watch these, these avoidable things cost guys like precious years of their career. It's like, it almost feels like they fucking think that the, like everything's just going to be given. Granted, this guy's decided to big the contract so big. It makes me want to throw up, <laughs> but it's like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, uh, it, maybe it's, it's tough for them to realize when they're in the moment, how like lucky they are to be where they are at. And, uh, I guess you'll never really know unless you're inside one of their heads. So yeah, I, I totally, I agree with you. It's very frustrating. I mean, and you, again, you have, okay, here's another great example. Henry Ruggs right horrible hack horrible incident but to me it's not the same as far as reference points of course in many different ways of course henry ruggs in a horrible accident ends up taking somebody's life jose fernandez his own life accidental these are all accidents right but Henry Ruggs was a guy, he had the unlimited resources, and that's why it's always so frustrating because you hear about in the NFL, right? If you're Henry Ruggs, you've been drinking, hanging out at Top Golf, the NFL has a, a chauffeur service. They have, you have, he obviously has millions of dollars. So call an, call an Uber, leave your car there. If your car gets towed or like, it's all gonna be okay. But for Fernando Tatis Jr., he has a father who played 10 plus years in the major leagues and knows what it takes to stay at that level and to compete and stay healthy and be productive contributing member. And so it's more frustrating because how is somebody not telling him like, man, Hey, Hey son from Fernando Tati senior. Hey son, what are you doing today? Oh, I was going to go rip some dirt bikes with my buddies through the fucking streets of the Dominican. I was going to go ride the, well, that's, it's probably not a good idea. Didn't you just sign a $340 million contract for a 14 year commitment? Oh, maybe you're right, dad. Maybe I'll just go, 
Maybe I'll just go down to the docks and jump off into the water. Right? Again, risk assessment. Am I going to hurt myself jumping off in the water? Probably not. Am I going to, like, just think. Just fucking think, man. Use your brain. I'm sorry, but it's just, like, not that hard. And I know these kids, like I said, these other guys just maybe didn't know any better. Henry Ruggs, like, new money, young guy, fast car. What's the worst thing that happens? Nothing. I'm I'm rich. I'm young. I'm invincible. And that's, I guess, what Tatis is thinking, too. I'm young. I'm invincible. I can do whatever I want. I'm never going to get hurt. Yes, you are. Your shoulder's already fucked, dude. And maybe maybe baseball is not at the top of his list. Maybe the top, maybe where he gets, because clearly the guy doesn't get that much of an adrenaline high hitting balls 400 feet because it's just regular. It's just easy for him to do that. And he hits balls to the moon, walks out of the batter's box, flips his bat, and he's just cool guy. Like, maybe that's just not it for him. Maybe he needs to cliff jump and fucking ride motorcycles and, like, skydive. I, I don't know. But, like, work it into your contract. Do something where it's like, okay, you know what? You're a thrill seeker. That's fine. Here's what you are allowed to do. You're allowed to go skydiving with the Padres medical staff. We will pay for it. We will do everything it takes. We will have eight dudes there that will be willing to give up their parachute for you so that you get onto the ground safely and these guys die. Like not, obviously it's an extreme, obviously we exaggerate when we say shit like that, but man, it's just so frustrating. And that's, it's a more of a grand scheme thing. Like it's just young guys pissing their fucking careers away or just not being able to take a step back and think about the consequences of their actions it's always hindsight 2020 it's always hindsight 2020 but man oh man is it fucking frustrating it's just so frustrating and and it happens all the time man it happens with you know you had a guy like matt bush is another good example where he was a top pick from the padres back in the early 2000s ends up getting a, a deadly hit and run dui it's like dude what man like just think just think a little bit man and that's why you got to surround yourself with great people. And that's why it's so surprising for, for Tatis because his dad is his role model and his figure he looks up to who's had the success and done everything. And man, it's just frustrating. But yeah, anyways, it is what yeah, it is, man. Younger guys need to just be fucking smarter. And hopefully we can just start to avoid shit like this because it's just sad, especially when it gets to the more extreme cases like we've referenced so many times. It's just frustrating. But. Anyways, that is what it is. The Padres aren't out of it. A lot of teams are still working. There's a bunch of trades going on. Guys are going to sign. We'll get into that in the baseball show. But last two things we want to touch on, Jared. March Madness is going to be firing up here on Thursday. Today's Monday. You know, everyone's filling out their brackets. People are getting fired up about it. It's fun. It's exciting, right? You love getting into uh, your picks, right? My bracket's the best. Yours is the best. Whatever. If you had to take four teams looking through the bracket in your final four, who you got, Jared? You know, that's a good question. So that's a good question, but I think Gonzaga is going to kind of make one of their, like their runs that they normally do, you know, they're always really tough to play. Um, and then they, and it kind of looks like on their side of the bracket, like I like USC from that side, but I feel like, um, like kind of from that side of the, the West, I feel like USC or, or Gonzaga is potentially going to make it, but I'll probably say, 
I say Gonzaga is going to make it to the Final Four. Yep. I really liked. I really liked the way that <clears throat> UCLA played last year. Um, that could be a that bracket, obviously, or that that side could be a. There could be some upsets in there. You have like, you have like these some of these sneakier teams like an LSU if they play really well that that could potentially you know make a surprise run uh, or a Florida State even. Um, but from that side, I, I think I think UCLA is my favorite. Um, and you got the on, and on the Midwest side, kind of like a team like, like I, I remember Loyola Chicago making like, such a good run last yeah. year, but I I just don't you know I think I want to say like a team like Syracuse has a chance to make some make a splash over there, um, or like a Georgia Tech could be a surprise from the Midwest. And then obviously, like it's tough to it's tough to go against Baylor for the South, but there's some good teams. That, there's some good teams on that side of the bracket too. You have, I mean, you have that that Arkansas teams that's good. That Texas Tech team's really good. Um, who else is over there? Purdue, obviously, yeah. But like, I don't think Purdue wins that. I, I'm so I'm gonna go my final four. I'm gonna go Baylor from the South. I'm gonna do like a little bit of a upset surprise with like maybe. Georgia Tech <laughs> on the Midwest. Did Georgia Tech? Are, are you looking at the right one? Is Georgia Tech even in the bracket this year? I think so. I don't think unless unless I have the unless I have the other the other bracket up. That I, I think you have la- I think you have last year's bracket because I don't think Georgia Tech is in is is in it this year. I thought I kind of swore Georgia Tech was in it. No, Georgia I mean, Tech. I'm, I might be thinking I might be thinking of someone else. I'm just I'm just going off of like the 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 limited amount of basketball that I've watched yeah. this year. Yeah, I've been on. And I, I don't I don't I don't follow college like crazy, but I do. Okay, so I definitely like UCLA. Yeah, good pick. I, I like I like Baylor. I like yep. Gonzaga. Yep. And I guess I, I depending on who's on that side. I I was just trying to I I couldn't take four that seemed four too chalky. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do that. So <clears throat> I gotta I gotta get the right one up. I guess I was looking at the the list over here on the right. I like, um, I like Gonzaga. They're just, they're so dominant. They're just so dominant. And Baylor's the same way. Just so dominant. I think Arizona this year as a one seed. Oh, I, I do like Arizona as well. Arizona as a one seed is going to go deep. My non one seed, not necessarily a sleeper per se, but team that I could see winning it all as not a one seed is Tennessee. Tennessee is coming off winning the SEC. They won the SEC tournament. If anybody's coming out of the SEC, it's going to be Tennessee because they have a few other teams. They have Auburn. Auburn's a two seed, but I see a team like Tennessee winning the national championship, my final four, if you have a final four and you're including two or three of these teams, Gonzaga, Baylor, Tennessee, Arizona, Villanova is a great pick. Kentucky, great pick. Kentucky's a two seed. I think there's a lot of sneaky twos and threes this year that could make serious, serious waves. Tennessee is a three seed. Villanova is a two seed. Kentucky's a two seed. Auburn's a two seed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, now, yeah, I see.
Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for you to oh. make a pick. No, my my thing, my the, my uh. Oh, it's going through the computer. I just yeah, just. I like. Uh, I also like Iowa because they just won the Big Ten. Yeah. Don't don't hit that at all. Let's see. You're back through your uh, headphones, by the way, for the for the microphone. It's all good though. I just like Tennessee a lot. I don't know why. And it's weird that Tennessee every single year is so good at basketball too, because just doesn't really peg me as a team that would like be good at basketball, but they are. And I don't know. It's, it's like schools that aren't, don't have like huge football. I'm always like, okay, their basketball is going to be really good. Gonzaga, uh, Baylor, Baylor's football is okay. But like Arizona has no football. They have, I mean, they, these teams have football. I'm just saying, in the sense of their football team's not competitive. It's like, well, their basketball team's going to be fucking good. The other sneaky team this year, Jared, just keep an eye out for them. Another sneaky team, Murray State, dude. Murray State went 30-3 and this year. 30-2. and 30-2, and and they went 18-0 and in their conference play. Like, that's, that's fucking crazy. And they're a seven seed. They could easily... I mean, they're going to win their first-round game against... Uh, Let's see. They're playing Sanford, University of San Francisco or San Francisco State or whatever. They're going to beat them. Then they play Kentucky in the second round. Like, they could beat Kentucky. They play Purdue in the next round, possibly. They could beat Purdue. I I like Murray State as a higher seed to make a good run. Um, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I kind of, uh, it's kind of funny. I was actually, I was thinking of, um, I was thinking of Virginia Tech. I think, I was literally watching. I was literally watching Virginia Tech like a couple weeks ago. And I thought the team was. I thought the team was really good. They were down ten and had like a massive comeback. Yeah, they but beat now, Duke, now dude. They beat Duke in the ACC championship. Now, yeah, now I'm looking over. I'm kind of looking at the East. I, I, I don't know why I was saying. I was kind of when I said Georgia Tech. Yeah, I was looking. I must have been looking at uh, last year's bracket, or whatever. But okay, so <laughs> in the East, I think it, I'm gonna have to go. I'm going to UCLA. On, in the east, uh, but there's get Baylor over there too. That's fun. That's what makes this so fun. I'm going UCLA though. Yeah, no, fuck it. I mean, it's a good pick. Going, going, going to UCLA. Gonzaga in the west. I fucking feel really weird about Arizona right now because as, as sick as they are, CU just be CU just thrashed them by 20 points a couple weeks ago, and that threw me off. But at the same time, like just kind of must have been just kind of a freak game so i wouldn't be surprised to see wouldn't be surprised to see either houston or arizona in the south um just kind of off the top of my head though like i'd have to think i have to think that arizona is going to make it to the, the final there but if it's not them I'd, my pick would be houston and then for that that midwest um side of the bracket i actually like I like USC to win that side. I think USC is a really good team. Like, like every time I've watched them, they've dominated. It's good um, pick. If it wasn't them, if it wasn't if it wasn't them, it'd be Kansas. But yeah, that, I, I would take that as my top, as my final four. And I, and I can't see, I can't see, I can't see what type of or what seeds they are. But USC, Arizona, Gonzaga, and Baylor. I mean. I, yeah, it's between Baylor and Kentucky for me. Yeah, but 
There's just a lot. Uh, there's a lot I, of good teams this year, man. A lot of good teams. Kentucky's Kentucky's just like. Um, I'm gonna I'm taking Kentucky. Take, taking Kentucky to good to call. The East. Good call. I like it. Yeah, I mean, my final four, like I said, it's not in any because I have a few brackets, but Gonzaga's got to be in your final four, man. They just have to be. Yeah. I like Tennessee anywhere in your final four. I like Baylor anywhere in your final four. And again, these are easy picks because they're all one seeds. The teams that I would say watch out for as a trap, people are like, oh, it's fucking Duke. Like, Duke's going to go all the way. Duke is a fraud. They are an absolute fucking fraudulent basketball team. They lose the last home game uh, of Coach K's career to UNC. They lose the ACC tournament championship game to Virginia Tech, and they get, like, blown out in both games. Duke is going to win their first game as a two-seed, of course, because they're playing Cal State Fullerton. They're going to beat them. But in the next round, they're going to play either Michigan State or Davidson. They could lose that game very easily. And then the next round, let's say they get by them, they're going to play probably either Bama or Texas Tech. They, like, they will absolutely lose that game. I don't have Duke going past the Sweet 16 at all. So watch out for Duke. I think Duke is a super-duper fraud team. I think uh, another trap team is Purdue because Purdue plays great defense. They're They're like classic, just like, don't score shit ton of defense. We're ranked high early in the season. Got up to one at a couple points in the year. But Purdue's a three seed. They could not get past the Sweet 16 either as a three seed. Very, very easily. Very easily. Um, another team with like low value or whatever, like number 11 seed, Michigan with Jawan Howard back as their coach. Like he was, he was in there for the conference tournament, but Michigan could make a huge run. Um, I think I think you know I like I kind of like as like a sleeper is LSU. I love it. Yeah, it's a great pick. Six. Oh, I, I, I do. Yeah, I like LSU. Um, I've watched them a couple times, and I watched them play Kentucky and like all, almost pull off a big time comeback this year. Um, I like. I, I do like them. Um, as like as a as a sleeper, obviously you have teams in here that like they might they're gonna obviously it's March Madness. So there's gonna be there's gonna be some some upsets. But um, yeah, I mean, what's what's what is UCLA a four seed? Yes. Yeah, that that UCLA like it kind of looks like that's basically like I think that the Elite Eight game, if it's not Baylor, uh, UCLA, or like I think I think if that game's not Baylor UCLA, like I'd be very surprised. Yeah, it's a good pick. Um, I like, and I really like, uh, what's his name? Ju- uh, Juzang for UCLA. Yeah, Johnny Juzang, I think. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny Juzang. I, like that, that guy last year made me, Dude, he made was me believe. Cold blooded. Yeah. He's good. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, like, it's tough. It's tough. I think the hardest thing to evaluate when you're like looking at college basketball is like, what does this team meeting, beating this team mean to this team playing that team? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, like, um, is the Colorado? Is Colorado? Who are they playing on the? Did they make it? CSU made it. Yeah. The, the CSU, but not. Uh, no, CU, CU, CU did not. Yeah, yeah, because that's I mean that's Pac-12, but you um, like like isn't that funny to think that Arizona has the number one seed? 
like three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago just got their ass beat by 20 by a yeah. team that didn't even make it so yeah. like that's what that's what's tough it's like like what does you know like what is a win like how is how are wins weighted because a lot of times i feel like they obviously don't play enough games for the amount of college uh college basketball teams that there are there right so and then that's what makes it so damn fun to watch yeah it's exciting so, i'm excited for it thursday uh we may come out with a pod just at some point there's gonna be a shit ton of games like going on if we uh record that day but it'll be fun be fun to see and then just wrapping up this episode jared we want to thank everybody of course for tuning in but just so we're clear because this has been an argument going around the internet the last couple weeks just so everybody's clear on the question of whether there are more wheels in the world or more doors the answer is doors by a billion because i've heard the argument right you go into a giant skyscraper office building there's tons of doors there's doors in this and this place and this door and this all this place okay i've heard that argument right doors and then the 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 counter argument for the stupid wheels people it's like well for all the doors in that building there's 500 people working they all drove a car to work and the parking garage right next to the building has has fucking 500 cars parked in it and do people not understand that a car with four wheels has four doors so all those wheels they're talking about are automatically negated wiped out by all the doors on the car and then you just add all the doors on top of it actually yeah, I mean, you really could argue that there's five. There's five doors the and trunk. five wheels. <laughs> yeah, you got the trunk and you got a spare tire, most likely. And then where do you pull the car into, Jared? A garage. What does a garage have? The garage door, right? The retractable electronic garage door, and then the door that's attached to the house. So that's two doors where you park your car, plus four each, doors each, on the car. Each door has a, or each uh, each room in the house has a closet door and a bedroom door and a bathroom door. And a cupboard, that's a door to open it. It's a cupboard uh, door, refrigerator door, pantry door, oven oven door, microwave door. Like, are you out of your mind if you think it's wheels? It's, like, not even close. It's not even yeah, close. There's, there's got to be some sort of talk about what, what, we, what we can constitute as a door. I think I mean, anything, I, I anything that allows passageway, you pass any body part through it, to either store something or it it secures it is storage essentially it could account you know because a closet is essentially just storage for your clothes that's all it is but there's a door for your closet there's this door for yeah. the cupboard that keeps your cups because that's where you're storing i them. think i think i think it definitely feels like like there's going to be more doors but then there's like there's different arguments i could think of where you have a house that has you know five cars you know, your three cars there. And then, but like you said, obviously like you have to cancel them out, but then it's like, you got six bikes in the garage of the family and little Timmy's got three skateboards. I can see where people could get like, start to like try to make the argument, but I just like people you that really are, break it down. People that argue wheels are just people that are trying to argue for the sake of argument. Cause fucking doors is such like, listen, I'm sitting in an office chair right now that has six wheels on it. Okay. Right. Six wheels. 
you go through my apartment, you got bedroom door, bathroom door, closet door, another closet door, sliding glass door, front door, pantry door, laundry room door, microwave door, oven door, fucking 12 cupboard doors. Like, it's just doors by a billion. By a billion. And I don't think it's close. But, you know, people disagree. And they're wrong, but they disagree. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh. And that's the best part is like we could obviously make the assumption that it is doors, but no one will ever really fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> no. Because why would they? Nobody will ever. Nobody will ever really be able to count. Nope. Nope. They won't. But, but okay. So here's here's a one. Here's one for you too. Is like, think about like a big ass apartment building. Like, think about how many doors are in a big apartment building. Yeah, All the different entry entry. All the different little entryways, oh, and then and then every apartment has the set standard for every you know. For, so if someone was to make the the argument about the cars, obviously you automatically negate all the wheels off yep. from every car, and yeah, it's 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 it is it's doors by <laughs> by a billion, doors by a trillion, yeah, by a trillion, by a trillion. But anyways, but, but I want to hear I want to hear a response. I want to hear somebody's rebuttal. I'd love to. I'd love what, to hear it. I want to hear what they I want to hear what they think. Yeah. Like what? Like what do you want to argue that fucking tech decks have wheels? There's a there's a bajillion yeah. Bajillion like just tech shut decks. up. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so stupid. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to think of where else you can even find wheels. So. Yeah. Anyways. All yeah, right. That'll wrap it up for the phenomenal fan podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on another episode. It's been fun, Jared. We'll break it down it next fun. time. Thank you guys for listening. And. Uh, doors.